Hi, and welcome to the Green with Tiffany podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany Page. And in this show, we'll explore topics of sustainable living, all aspects of health and wellness of people and planet, and how we're all interconnected. Join us on this journey to live better and more sustainably by improving our health, our families, and the world with the choices that we make. Hi, and thanks for listening to the Green with Tiffany podcast. I am doing a series of EV talks, so electric vehicle talks. I've been immersed in it for the last few weeks and really for many years before working closely in hybrid technology. And so I wanted to talk about what I've learned, especially as this big push we've had that I'm just in in awe over that we've moved to electrification so quickly. It was like a slow build, a slow build, and now we're there. Now I know Tesla kind of kicked it off with their electric vehicle when it came out, which by the way, I just rented. So I was going to a Electrify Expo, which was an all outdoor event to be able to test drive vehicles and there are certain brands there. And I thought, well, I'll rent a Tesla while I'm here. And, you know, I have friends, I'm in Los Angeles. So I have a few friends that have Teslas. I've been in them. I've actually driven them a little bit, but just for a few blocks, you know, sort of a little test drive, but I've never used it in my day to day, like how I would actually use the vehicle. So I thought that that would be uh, good to do. Very interesting to do in a city that you don't really know. And so I'll, actually, I'll just share that with you. So I rented this Tesla and they had to go over some of the specifics because it's not my vehicle. So I don't have the app on my phone. You have to open it, the vehicle with a card. And then that's how you start the vehicle as well. But if you don't know how to do it, <laughs> you wouldn't know how to do it. Somebody would have to show you how to start the vehicle. So we went over a few of the little need to know functions of the vehicle and off I went. And I have to say it was pretty intuitive and definitely, you know, the iPhone of electric vehicles, pretty easy to use, except when it came to the charging part. And so I find this so interesting because we're moving to electric vehicles for the most part only, or people are looking to go full electric to save on gas, to meet the requirements as we're going here in California as a ZEV state, which is the zero emissions vehicle state. It includes hybrids and plug-ins, but a lot of people, if they have the ability at their home to plug in, they just want to go full electric if they're ready. And so I found it to be a little bit challenging. I have it challenging at home anyway. I have a Chevy Volt and I plug it in at home with my 110 charger and to go around and figure out where to charge things isn't always the easiest, I find. And I talked a little bit about it with uh, the Green Living Guy, Seth Lightman, and the growing pains that are involved with it. And we're people that are are wanting to do it, and it's still a bit of a challenge. So if you're just starting out, much more of a challenge. So I had the Tesla. I did a little video of it. It's actually on my Instagram. And love the instant torque, very zippy, very cool inside very techy uh, and fun, just fun. I, I really liked it, except when it came to charge it. So there is a place in the vehicle on their very large screen where you can go and find the closest chargers, the superchargers for yourself. But I didn't know the city. And the first place I went to was a charge point charger 
And if you listen to my last podcast, I just, I have a real issue with ChargePoint. It's just never an easy, it's never easy. And I still wasn't able to do it. And I left there and went to the next place on the list, which was a hotel, which was blocked off to the garage, said it was full, and then said that the charger was only for guests, hotel guests. So here I'm in Austin. I don't know my way around. Everywhere, if you're outside of Austin, the immediate downtown city, everything's on the highway. I'm back and forth. I'm spending a good time of my day trying to find a charger. And the reason why is because when you rent a vehicle, so just so you know, I had never rented an electric vehicle before. And it was my assumption that that they had a charger on site so that you didn't, you're paying more for the electric vehicle so that you could just come and drop it off and they'll charge it. No. If you bring it back, at least with this company, if you bring it back less than 70% charged, it is a $35 charge. If you bring the vehicle back less than 10% with the charge, it's a $70 charge. That's outrageous. Really unbelievable. So of course I wanted to charge it and I w- and it wasn't fully charged when I got the vehicle. So I think I was right under 70 or right about 70. So I figured by the time I get to the place to drop it by the airport, it was going to be under and they were going to charge me. So third place, three times a charm. I found a Target parking lot with the charging station. So I plugged in, I charged it and it didn't take very long at all. Maybe 15 minutes I was there, made a phone call and got it to about 85 and then left. But I just wanted you out there to listen when you're listening to hear if you were thinking about running one thinking about finding out if they have a charger on site if that could be included and if not know that you have to plan around wherever you're going to charge it to bring it back so anyway that was my tesla experience and then electrify expo had the lucid there to test drive and i did not get a chance to do that i Would have loved to, though, because the Lucid vehicle, I mean, I sat in it. They have a few different versions. Uh, It was pretty impressive with the, I think I sat in the Dream Edition, which has like, you know, over a thousand horsepower. Just wild. I mean, I don't know what you're doing with a thousand horsepower, especially with the instant torque, (laughs) just like a jet taking off, but very cool. And then I think they have a, their Sapphire coming. It's like 1200 horsepower. It's really a beautiful vehicle, though. And I think it's kind of what the electric vehicles are lacking a little. I think they're cool. They're very futuristic looking, very techy looking, but they don't have that feeling of cars from the past that people fall in love with the lines of a vehicle, that they're sexy. I don't know that they are coming with that. You know, some of the more higher end ones, maybe, but I mean, that's not going to be your everyday vehicle, is it? So I think, well, I think the Lexus RZ has some cool lines. It doesn't actually look like a full electric vehicle like some of the others. Um, And definitely the sports vehicles don't. And this one doesn't. It's very cool looking. So yeah, the Lucid was there. I got to see the Rivian SUV. You know, those aren't really out yet. Oh, they're out. People can buy them, but they're not easily accessible. So they're not easy to find or see. And so somebody... Uh, had one on display. It was his own personal vehicle, which was very nice of him to put it on display. It was through an aftermarket company of what you can do on aftermarket. So he brought his vehicle and let everybody see it and sit in it if they wanted to. 
And of course, it has all sorts of scooters and bikes and, you know, everything alternative. And I spoke on their podcast there. So it's a great event and it's a growing event. They had five cities this year. They're going to have seven cities next year. So if you get a chance, it's a fun way to come out and drive some of the vehicles and see what's new out there. From there, I went right to the Los Angeles International Auto Show. I don't know if you've been to an auto show before. There are usually 72 auto shows a year around the country. I think there's only like 21 now based on the pandemic. But I hadn't been to the LA one since 2019 was my last year. And you know, there's always been hybrid vehicles. Wasn't the main vehicle on the floor for any particular brand. But wow, what a difference in two and a half years. We went from literally zero to 60 in like 2.2 seconds. So now everything was electrified. I couldn't believe it. Everything. They had test drives with vehicles, which they've always had actually, all different types of vehicles in the past and outside. And now they had these indoor test drives, right? They're electric vehicles. How cool is that? So they have these courses set up and you didn't drive them yourself. You would right seat it with a stunt driver or whatever driver they had designated for you. And it was very cool. So not all the the brands were there. So Mercedes-Benz was not there. Audi was not there. BMW was not there. But there were other companies that were there and Maybe maybe they were able to get a good price to fill spots of, but it was cool. There was a company called VinFast, brand new. I think they've only been around since 2017. They're a Vietnamese company and they had a few vehicles. They had a very large display. They had the VF6, the VF7, the VF8, and the VF9. And the 8, I think is coming soon, starts at 42000 That seems to be the sweet spot with starting prices. The 9, I think you could take reservations. And they said they had about 65,000 pre-orders. And here in Los Angeles, they're setting up a, a store, a storefront in uh, Santa Monica Place. So that should be interesting. And then Hyundai had, they had like a whole city block <laughs> I mean, they're, it was enormous. They had every car they they make on the floor. And Genesis is the luxury division of Hyundai. And they were there with a smaller footprint, but they have less cars. Hyundai had a, a test drive set up and I, they were giving away a Starbucks gift card if you test drove the car. So they had their Ionic 5 crossover, which is available now. Super fun. I drove with a stunt driver and we just zipped around. It was very cool. They have the Ionic 6 coming, which was on uh, display to sit inside the, uh, I think it's called the Streamliner. And they had just so many cars. So they have three electric vehicles. They have four hybrids. They have two plug-ins and they even have a hydrogen. So I think the hybrids are the Tucson, the Santa Fe, the Sonata, the Elantra. And then they have plug-ins of the Santa Fe and the Tucson and then their hydrogen is the uh, Nexo. So really just amazing how we flipped the switch and went all electric or at least alternative in in these different ways. And then the Genesis, they also had uh, vehicles on display. They had the um, two models. They had their uh, crossover GV60 that's built from the ground up. So that's a brand new vehicle that's coming. They have the GV70 coming in spring, a crossover. 
and the sedan, the GE, the G80 uh, has been modified. And so, yeah, everybody had electric Chevrolet, which, you know, I have the Chevy Volt. They have five fully electric vehicles, although no more Chevy Volt. They have the Bolt EV, and then they have new vehicles coming, larger size vehicles. And that seemed to be what a lot of people were asking for. And there's not quite as many choices for that yet, but the Equinox is coming, I think, 2024. But Silverado is coming in January, the Blazer in 2023. So it's happening. It's happening. It was just so interesting to see these signs of electrification and even the companies to charge the vehicles were there on display. Polestar was there. They are uh, co-owned with Volvo and a Chinese company. And they have the Polestar 2 that's out now. They have the Polestar 3 that's for order. I think they have a crossover coming with um, a 300-mile range, which kind of was what everybody's asking for. If it's under 300 miles, especially for people who are new to electric they're not feeling too comfortable with that. The 300 is kind of the sweet spot. And then Lincoln, they weren't there by the by the manufacturer, but they were there by a dealership and they have the uh, plug-in aviator, they have a plug-in Corsair, and then they, they, I don't think they had it there, but they do have a concept, the Star EV. And Volvo has their fully electric C40 that's coming and a new EX90 that's gonna have three rows so it's a seven-seater. Again, that's what people were really asking for with a 300-mile 300, 300 range. Um, they have the XC90 plug-in, the XC60 plug-in, the S90 plug-in, the S60 plug-in, and the V60. So they they you know have their choices as well. And I like the plug-ins. I'm kind of a plug-in girl, I think. And I know that's kind of hard to say because I'm the green girl. And I think going fully electric is where we're headed. I just don't know if we're ready to do that just yet. And then Kia had theirs. They have electric, three hybrids, three plug-ins. They have the Nero. That's a crossover small electric. So really, I mean, all the companies had, oh, Toyota, they have the BZ4X. That's electric. And then they have, again, the larger size, the Sequoia. The Sequoia, that's a large vehicle. That's larger than the 4Runner. And they have that in hybrid only. The Venza hybrid only, Sienna, hybrid only. So we've taken a massive turn, a huge shift into what's available. And do you know, in California, it has been said that by 2035, no more gas-powered vehicles. It's almost hard to believe if that will happen. Now you can keep your gas-powered vehicle. You just won't be able to buy one. So if you do want one, I would say, I mean, you have a little bit of time, obviously, but you would get it before that. And then Nissan, oh, Nissan. So they have the Nissan Leaf that was introduced, I think like 13 years ago. So that's pretty much proven. Uh, but they have a new Aria, a crossover that was very cool and is definitely gonna give a lot of these competitors a run for their money. They definitely are looking to do like an entry luxury. Now their luxury division is Infinity. I haven't seen Infinity at shows very much. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. I know they're very much on performance and sport, so I don't know what they're doing in the EV arena. So here we have this Aria that is going to give you 
entry level pricing like 42 to 55 and so that 55 top out is where a lot of vehicles also are starting starting off and it was cool it has over 300 mile range had this cool trade table that came out i really liked it i really liked it so that was a good one and then honda honda has their hybrid the 2023 accord and their crv they don't have electric yet until 2024 and VW was there, Audi not there, Porsche was there. I didn't go to visit Porsche, but I'll tell you, I don't really promote them. I'm going to tell you why. So does anyone know about the 2015 emissions scandal? So I kind of hold a grudge. I know some people say I shouldn't, but I do. Because you know why? I get to vote with my dollar and I get to choose companies that are not trying to pull a fast one and be deceitful in their effort to be number one. And I know VW and Audi Porsche, they are looking to be number one globally, but by any means necessary, is that what we're doing? And this violation, you can't write it off and say, oh, I didn't know, or only a small portion of the company knew. I mean, I can't imagine the emails that have gone back and forth to make this happen. So it's called like diesel gate or emissions gate or something, but they put these defeat devices inside their vehicles of the diesel powered cars. And it's like a software that detected when the cars, when they were being tested for compliance, you know, with emissions rules. And then the software was just able to help have the engines pass. Right. I mean, so that is very premeditated. That's not cool. Not okay with me. And uh, so you won't hear me talking about them. They did have a cool display, I guess I'll say, a very large display, but no thanks. No thanks. I'll stick with companies that are doing it right and companies that do voluntary recalls when things aren't going right. You know, everybody makes mistakes. I'll give you that. But it's how do you handle those mistakes? And, you know, being deceitful and cheating numbers, that is a, a no bueno in my book. So, no. No to them, moving past them, actually. So again, we, California here, there's 13 ZEV states. I mentioned it in a previous talk, the zero emissions vehicles. And that's, you know, that's where this big push is coming from because it's a, a state regulation that is mandating and requiring automakers to bring in and make a certain amount of alternative fuel vehicles. Now, it could be hybrids and it could be plug-ins uh, as well as electric uh, but these states have, you know, have to receive them and it's going quickly. It's moving fast. And so I'll just repeat them again. It's California, Colorado, Connecticut, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Minnesota, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Rhode Island, Vermont, and Washington. And it's wild. So the other company, there was a company there that I thought was fascinating. It was called Hyperion. Here in in California or Los Angeles, when you think of Hyperion, we have a treatment plant. Not that. I think they're based out of Ohio. They had a very sexy sports vehicle on display, the XP1, and they're only making 300 units of it. This is a hydrogen fuel cell vehicle. Now, hydrogen, I know, is you know not really on the forefront, but it is definitely uh, a game changer. I think some people say it's that the the electric vehicles are just a stepping stone to hydrogen. That could be because if we can uh, get 
hydrogen in a sustainable way in a, from renewable sources, it really has so much benefit. And so this was not necessary to promote the vehicle, although the vehicle was there on display, which drew a lot of attention. But there was this massive display, which was a mobile hydrogen station that was very sexy. I mean, I can't say any gas stations are sexy, but this was a very cool setup. And the fact that it's mobile in a place and places where hydrogen is not easily available or accessible, what a great way to fill this need. And it could also act as a DC fast charger to charge batteries. So I met uh, the founder and I definitely want to have a chat with him because it was fascinating. And I definitely think the wave of the future. Do you know, when you think about electric vehicles, I was reading an article or there was a headline and it was about a Tesla owner who got locked out of his vehicle. I'm not sure if he if he got locked out because the battery died or he was being told he needed to replace the battery. And so they locked him out. But I get a little concerned when your vehicle or someone else can have control of your vehicle. So I just want to plant the seed because, you know, even now there's dead spots in your vehicles that if you locked your key fob in the vehicle, you could do that, right? And you can call a number and you can have certain companies can have the vehicle unlocked for you. So now think about that in an electric vehicle. Of course, the automaker is not going to be doing it, but what if there's a connection or like a new a, a party that's brought together a group? You know, if you think about a modern boot, right? When somebody didn't pay their ticket, so they put, I don't see those very much anymore, but they put a boot on somebody's wheel, they can't move their car. Well, now you just can't enter your car because you didn't pay your tickets or I don't know. Who knows what else could be out there? I'm not, you know, something I'm not even thinking about or you're not even thinking about. But I just thought it was interesting to think about the fact that you won't be in full control of your vehicle, right? If you think about, people talk about your computer or your phone, there's little, uh, people put a post-it note or you can buy something to put over the camera of your computer because you could be hacked, you could be, somebody could be watching you. And in that ring camera, there was that story of, yeah, mom had it in her little girl's room and it got hacked and some creepo was watching. So I don't know. I just think about that with having a full electric vehicle. I don't want to necessarily deter people from it. I just want to plant the seed that that's an interesting concept, right? And mostly really now here in California, especially, I think there's really an infrastructure challenge. There's definitely growing pains there is now. And so if everybody, unless this infrastructure changes, there's definitely going to be some challenges if everyone goes electric, especially California, we have brownouts, we have blackouts. And just recently, our governor asked people not to charge their vehicles. What? How does that work? What if you have to go to work? What do you mean you can't charge your vehicle? So I have to question some of these things, and I hope you will too. Even though I think in the, you know, the big picture, in the grand scheme of things, this could all go very well. And, you know, if we were charging vehicles from solar power, how amazing, no emissions, no, where the oil refineries are set up, where are those, you know, they're in areas that people have health problems in low income areas. And so that would go away. But the batteries don't come without any kind of hazards as well. And mining for these 
minerals and whatnot. And so are we disposing of them in a green way and all that? Uh, and there's there's room for that to grow and there's a place for that. So you have to weigh these options. Uh, but I also wanted to mention again the Inflation Reduction Act because a lot of people that I spoke to were thinking that after August 16th of this year that a lot of those incentives and rebates had gone away. And some did. There are new ones, though, that are going into place with other stipulations. So I don't want to speak too directly on any certain one, especially they could be different from state to state. They are based on income. There are different variables. But something that's interesting is if you purchase a pre-owned vehicle, this is new, that you could be eligible for a rebate if you purchase the pre-owned from a dealership, not from a you know personal owner. And the person who owned it first that bought it new also qualifies. So that person could qualify. And then when they sell it from a dealership as a pre-owned, you qualify again. I think it's based on income and some other variables. It now has to be assembled in the United States. Um, the minerals need to be extracted from here. So that kind of thing. So there's some like fine, fine tune, fine tuning to that that you'll have to check out. But I did find a lot of information on Plugin America that had a very comprehensive breakdown of it. So I'll put that in the show notes. And then within that article, they did have a link to the Department of Energy and also the Alternative Fuels Data Center of what cars are out there that qualify. Something to think about too is when you do go to buy a vehicle, if you don't go in knowing that you're eligible for a rebate on that particular car, sometimes that dealership won't let you know and they'll get the rebate. So they don't pass it on to you. So you, you do need to do your homework and know going in, right? So I would definitely, if that's something you're doing, look into these, look into the eligibility and what you qualify for uh, when you're looking at a vehicle. And it's really nice to go to an auto show. I think if you've never been to one, I had never been to one before I started getting into vehicles and definitely hybrid vehicles. I had never even knew what they were, that they existed. And then you go and you're like, wow, I had no idea this world existed. But it's nice because there are no salespeople. You can just go and sit in the vehicles and you can go from brand to brand versus driving around. I guess at one of those auto malls, they have all the different brands, but then you're dealing with salespeople and they have to get the keys and open it up for you. This, you go in, sit in the different seats and you can do it all at once versus you go there, you get in that seat, then you get in your car. So you forget what that seat felt like because you're in your car now and then you go in the next seat. This is all in one place. You can gather all the information that you need and then you can make an informed choice. And that's all this really is about and why I'm telling you about it because I speak to so many people who are looking into getting it for different reasons, whether they have to for up and coming regulations coming through that we need to go all electric in certain cities and states uh, or they just want to try it out and start to save money on the fuel prices that are going up. And there really is something for everyone. So like I mentioned before in my previous talk, that you know, maybe it's not a full electric, maybe you're going to do hybrid, you know, just dip your big toe in and see what that's like because there's some changes, just even how you drive the vehicle. It sounds different, it feels different. Then the plug-in is something you have to think about plugging something in. And then if you do full electric, you definitely have to have that on your mind of where you're going, how you're going to plug in. You know, that will be a daily thought process of 
depending on what your day's like. So I just wanted to let you know that there were a gazillion choices now that weren't there and there's more to come. So it was really, really impressive and fascinating. That's not even everybody either that I covered. I just went to the one hall that I was with, uh, but was very impressed. And so stay tuned for more. There is a lot more to come in the electric vehicle world, which is very exciting. Now, if we could just get pricing down for people, infrastructure for people, and make sure how we are creating these batteries and components and how we're disposing of them is in a safe and sustainable way, you know, not bad for the environment. We're on our way. But I get worried about that little stepping stone if if that is true about the electric because sometimes those stepping stones, uh, we stay on that stone and we don't move from it. So if hydrogen is the future, which is also a very fascinating thought uh, because hydrogen can really power communities, cities, your apartment. It has a lot uh, more vast uses and the emissions that comes out of your tailpipe is water. Very cool. Uh, So stay tuned for more on electric vehicles, alternative fuel vehicles, hybrids, plug-ins, electric, hydrogen, and lots more to come. So I'm Tiffany. Thank you again for listening. I'll put some of this information in the show notes. Like I mentioned, I'm going to post about my time at the LA Auto Show. So you'll see some of the vehicles I drove in and uh, took a lot of videos and pictures of all the vehicles on display. So you can check that out. You want to jump onto my newsletter. I will send one out about my EV discoveries. And I thank you for listening and we'll see you, hear you next week. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to me. You can find me at greenwithtiffany.com and on Instagram. Till next time, choose to care.